Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Thank you, Father, for anointing and blessing us with wisdom and understanding concerning things that are coming and concerning things that are. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for doing this, Lord. Amen. Okay, we're going to continue with Tests Prove Who is the Bride. This will be number 10. All right, um, this first revelation uh, was given by Slint, uh, Ben Slojewski, and uh, we, we called it Stay Vigilant to Recognize the Fight. Amen. And Ben said, uh, I dreamed I was in an old temple ruin. And I think that the old temple ruin represents our temple of the flesh, right? Uh, he went on to say, I need to get to the center so that I could get the shining treasure. Mm -hmm. I believe the center where the treasure is located is our Holy of Holies, where the Christ dwells. Uh, within our renewed spiritual man. He said, There was a voice of a child in my head <laughs> telling me that in the next room there will be a fight that I have been preparing for and that I should be careful of. I believe the voice of the Holy Spirit who speaks through our spiritual man to guide us and to warn us uh, this Spiritual man is coming into the image of the man-child Jesus. Uh, and as we will see, his fight is against the spirit of Antichrist that tries to keep us separated and distracted from God. He said, A huge stone door opened, and I was prepared to see some sort of great big beast or dragon in the middle. But instead, I saw one of my ex-girlfriends. Hmm. Uh, well, the Antichrist beast often comes to us in a deceptive and seductive manner. He said, I was surprised and worried because I knew that she shouldn't be there. That's true. Uh, our beastly nature needs to die, and once we are born again, it's no longer, it no longer has any place in our temple. And uh, she turned to face me and said, Why are you here? I replied, I am supposed to fight you, but I don't want to fight you. Well, we are oftentimes uh, tempted to be lazy about defeating our old seductive nature, and um, old seductive ways from the past, and uh, instead letting it live. 
Well, he said she led me to a television. Oh, I guess that, that makes sense. Or tell lie vision, right? <laughs> and told me we could uh, watch a movie. Well, the Antichrist flesh nature wants us to listen to its lies and, and be distracted and be programmed just like the beast through the tube, right? I sat down cautiously and told her I don't want to watch it because the movie had Hitler committing fornication on it. So, of course, we know the Hitler part and we know that it's full of fornication, right? So, she turned off the TV and said, then there's nothing else we can do. Yep, that's that's the nature of that thing, that seductive nature. Ephesians 5, 8 through 12 says, For you were once darkness, but are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather even reprove them. For the things which are done by them in secret, it is a shame even to speak of. Yes. Ben went on to say, Then she and I got into an argument about something. I can't remember what it was, but I do remember her being very distraught and aggressive by the end of it. And then I woke up. Well, we know that the way of the world in us uh, wars against the spirit man. The Antichrist in the old man wars with the spirit man. Second Corinthians six fourteen and 15 says, What fellowship have righteousness and iniquity? Or what communion have light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? What portion hath a believer with an unbeliever? Hmm. So, Ben said, I can't help but wonder why I didn't recognize this Antichrist spirit and want to fight it. I know there will be battles for me ahead, and I hope I recognize it when it comes and I don't get distracted. Well, the way to recognize it is that it will be contrary to your spirit, which is enlightened by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That's how you will recognize it. So, I mean, get in the Word of God. Renew your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind with the Word of God. You will recognize Antichrist. Okay, this was uh, Marie Kelton. And um, she got this on ten five twenty two, and the bride must fight to keep her position. Yes, that is so true. And she said, in this dream, I was in a classroom, and David was there. And I believe this represents partaking of the unleavened uh, teaching of the Word of God. And I had a uh, silver ring with a blue stone in it on my left ring finger, which fit perfectly. Well, uh, the silver, I believe, represents 60-fold fruit, which is synonymous with moon glory, uh, which the bride achieves by reflecting the light of the sun, 
S-O-N slash S-U-N. And the blue gemstone represents our treasures stored up in heaven. And this ring on the wedding finger represents being married to the Son of David, Jesus, our heavenly husband. And through the Word, which uh, brings us into unity and with Him in one spirit. Amen. That's what we want. That's what we seek after. Don't get polluted, right? A factious man was there, and he was saying that the ring was his. And I told him that it wasn't his, but mine. Well, we know factious spirits that are angry and critical will try to steal us away from our husband Jesus by stripping away our wedding ring, which represents our commitment to him. And uh, they want to cause you to disobey the word so that their demons have power over you. Just remember that. Don't talk to them, right? Don't greet them, the Bible says. Then I heard a voice say, Give him the ring. So I did. But I was angry that I had to give it to him. Well, I believe this is probably a lying spirit that tries to tempt us to give up our marital commitment to the Lord and to talk us out of our promises. She said, I had a a silver thumb ring on my left thumb that was kind of big, and I thought in the dream, the thumb ring uh, would have fit him better because, of course, he's all thumbs, right? The thumb is an opposing digit. The thumb ring represents being committed to an antichrist spirit that is opposed uh, in all things to God and to Christ. And 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4 says, Let no man beguile you in any wise, for it will not be except the falling away come first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition of whom, of course, Judas was a type of, right? He that opposeth, there it is, and exalteth himself against all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sitteth in the temple of God, setting himself forth as God. Well, the temple here speaks of us rather than a building made with men's hands. And... uh the, the tempter wants to come in there and try us and tempt us. He uh, uses quite often sons of perdition around us to try to drag us away from Christ. Right? The factious are perfect for the, that job. And she went on to say, The factious man put the silver ring I gave him on his pointer finger, and it didn't fit because it was too little. The ring was stuck on his pointer finger. (laughs) Well, the pointer finger, uh, I believe, represents one of the main ways that the enemy talks people out of their salvation and their promises by accusations. And that's kind of what the pointer finger does. Points at people. It accuses people. It uh, puts blame on people, which actually they're guilty of, right? And condemnation, yeah. Revelation 12 and 10 says, Now is come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God 
and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, who accuseth them before our God day and night. You know, the devil is the accuser, but he's got a lot of helpers. And, uh, of course, the faction are professional accusers. They they got three fingers looking back at them, but they got the one pointy finger out there pointing at you, right? So I was angry that he had it and that he said it was his. And towards the end of the dream, I got my ring back from the factious man, even though I don't remember how. Well, the enemy loves to steal the word out of our hearts to try to annul our marriage to Jesus. And we will um, obviously forget how to take our dominion back from the devil if we don't keep renewing our minds with the word of God and submitting. Titus 3, 10 and 11 says, A factious man, after a first and second admonition, refuse. If he's been admonished twice to quit, you know about it. Uh, refuse him. And verse 11, knowing that such a one is perverted, they're full of perversions of all kinds, and sinneth, being self-condemned. Yes, they are condemning their self, the three fingers pointing backwards, right? <laughs> then I woke up. And Marie had another one here uh, we called Letting the Old Man Die, ten twenty-four twenty-two. The Lord gave me an open vision of a sidewalk and a lawn in a neighborhood. My old man was driving a black car in the street really fast and recklessly. Yep, you give him control over your vessel, he'll do that. And it flipped onto the grass out, upside down. The old man was screaming out of anger, not fear. Well, the anger of the old nature causes us to be reckless with our lives and represent by the uh, black car which travels in darkness, right? And Ecclesiastes 7 and 9 says, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger, remember this, resteth in the bosom of a fool. Hmm. I then saw a white car pull up behind it. The white car represents our renewed spirit man who has been washed white as snow and by the blood of the Lamb. And my spirit man came out of the car and ran up a little ways to look in shock at the black car that was upside down. Yep, you will wreck your life if you follow the old man, right? And after a little while, I heard the Lord tell me, Let her die. After I said, Okay, Lord, I'll let her die. The black car burst into flames. Uh-oh. Hmm. That's a fiery trial that takes them out, right? We cannot keep uh, coming to the rescue of our old man, whom the Lord has commanded us to resist and crucify. Matthew 16 and 25 says, For whosoever would save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. We, we're in the business of letting the old man die. And this is uh, Tiana Fire. 
and we called it The Marriage Rehearsal for the Man, Child, and Bride. And this was uh, from November 2021. I dreamed that my husband, Samuel, and I were going to a wedding rehearsal for a second wedding. Hmm. The first wedding is physical and makes the couple one in flesh. The second wedding is spiritual and takes more time to become one in spirit. Right? So you're working on that as soon as you get physically married, right? Um, you don't really get into the trials that you get into until after you're married, right? A lot of them. So uh, we got into this nice white car with other people all dressed up. The white car represents being led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, she says. And uh, God's chosen are ready and dressed up with the righteous acts of the saints, which are their wedding garments. Amen. She went on to say this wedding uh, rehearsal felt like it wasn't in this world. It's a spiritual wedding between the man-child and the bride. Mm-hmm. I had a dream or a vision, I'm not quite sure, uh, where I saw the man-child and bride being married by Jesus in heaven. And it reminds me of the old saying, the marriage made in heaven. A marriage made in heaven. Yes. So, um, you know, Jesus and those first fruit disciples, uh, John the Baptist called the bride. And, of course, God put that together, didn't he? Uh, the car was driving really slowly on a winding road with tough corners. And then we arrived at this really beautiful building. And this winding road represents going through the trials and tribulation represented by the tough corners in uh, to place uh, to the place he has prepared for us right we have to go through all this to get there right samuel that's her husband went in uh pushing this walker and this uh, represents not relying on your own strength but relying on the strength of the lord that makes us stand we know that jesus is the way right there were all these people in the building that had passed away. They were not on earth anymore, like dead family members and so on. And also there were brothers and sisters in Christ that are in the world, but not of it. Okay. So I believe this represents the bride of Christ who are a body of believers that have died to self. Mm-hmm. But their kingdom doesn't stop at heaven. Their kingdom comes all the way to the earth. We enter into the kingdom of God here. That's why these people that are dead are not far, right? Well, Samuel's um, late grandma, she says, uh, representing the mature original church, was there, and she suggested that everyone there face each other. And just as we behold Jesus in the mirror, like in Second Corinthians 3 and 18, why face each other? Huh? Well, we're commanded to see Christ in our brethren as well. 
seeing the end from the beginning for each other uh, by faith is is what we need to do. Now, the faction don't do this. They don't ever have faith for someone else. they got plenty of faith for themselves, but it's very misplaced because they've got a new God. Okay. But um, they'll always point you to condemnation. They'll always condemn you for something that could have happened or never happened years ago. So they are the accuser of the brethren, and they are of the devil. So she said, David Eels was there acting as a pastor, and he said in a pleasant tone, quote, that sounds delightful, unquote. And she said, of course, David would say it's delightful. It's his favorite verse. That's 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. The man-child loves seeing others turn to and be transformed to Christ's image. And this is how we rehearse for our marriage feast to the Lord, right? Amen. And here's one given to Claire Pinar. Uh, bride is seated in heavenly places through trial and cleansing. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Claire here, I believe, represents the corporate bride body because her name means brilliant, as described in Revelation 19, uh, 7 through 8. By the way, that vision I saw of the bride and the man-child was made out of lights of different uh, brilliance. You could tell that, that it was perfectly showing the, a man-child and bride there, but it was all made out of lights. It was brilliant, brilliant. And Revelation nineteen seven through 8 says, Let us rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Let us give glory unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Okay. She's called the wife here, not the bride. She's made herself ready. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure. Not white, as it's talking about those invited to the marriage supper, but bright and pure. Uh, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Amen. Lampros is the word there, like a lamp. It's bright. It's not just white, it's bright. So that's why, of course, she is the bride, right? I dreamed my children were being uh, led down a tunnel by my dad. And she said, my dad represents the old man who tries to lead our fruit down tunnels of darkness or death. I followed them in, but then I was in the lead, and I stopped them from going further. Hmm. So our spirit man must take the lead and conquer our old man so that our fruit of Christ in us will be protected and not destroyed. In an instant, we were at a public pool, and I was watching my children play and swim. I noticed that they were involved in a group training event, but one by one the other kids were tiring. The water's temperature was being turned up with every lap. And Rion, 
you know, her husband said, the pool being heated up represents trials and tribulations increasing in intensity, making it harder to overcome without true faith. And John 16 and 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. If you keep your mind on the promises of God, you will have peace. If you get your mind on the old man in the mirror, you won't have peace. You'll have condemnation. And uh, the wicked will be out there to help that condemnation out because they work for the devil, right? So some of the older boys were passing out from exhaustion. And I offered to pray for these boys, but their mothers were unbelievers, so I could not help. Our faith and authority in Christ will help uh, our fruit of Christ in us mature and survive in the hot trials that are ordained to make us ready. So the water was hot and getting hotter, right? Yes, trials. And then I decided to have a shower. Uh, representing the sanctification process of washing the dirt of sin from our lives, right? <clears throat> I walked into a bathroom stall that was round and had a shower and a spa bath all together in one. And Rion said, um, for resting and cleaning, a spa bath uh, blows air into the water, representing being born of water and spirit. Amen. And, of course, the water of the Word is what we get washed with, and the Spirit, of course, empowers that Word. So John 3, 4 through 6 says, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except one be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of Spirit is Spirit. I used these what seemed like a very long time. Well, Salvation is both instant and progressive. We'll put a link to our book here. It's very important that people understand this. Uh, and it takes time for the Lord to clean us up in many cases. Okay, It's a both instant and progressive. And one by one, I saw all these female teachers from my high school come in and, and uh, freshen up at the basins where the mirrors were. And these teachers seemed to be in a hurry to get back to their classes. At one point, uh, they told me to come look in the mirror for a splinter in my eye. <laughs> so I went up to the mirror to see if there was anything in my eye, but there was not. Oh. So... This was a misjudgment on the part of teachers, reminding us of the hypocritical Pharisees of our day. Yeah. 
Matthew 7, 1 through 5 says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. Now, I know the faction cannot hear this, but we pray that some will begin to listen. Uh, And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured unto you. In other words, however you put it out, it's coming back on you. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Yeah, your pointing of your finger and the curses that you send and the judgments that you speak on God's people instead of grace and faith all come back on you. That's why you're getting more and more reprobate. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me cast out the mote out of thine eye, and lo, the beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Amen. So, you first have to partake of the Word of God. You don't shove it up in your brother's face until you've done that, right? I went back to my little spa pod. I was in total relaxed mode, really enjoying the cleaning and time to sing quietly to the Lord. Amen. And then I saw that I had a maroon shirt on and blue jeans. And Rion, representing the man-child, since his name means little king, Rion appeared and said, Time to go. Rion, uh, the washing of the word, clothes us with the blood of Christ and produces a heavenly walk. Yes, I agree. And we are doing this in preparation for the man-child's appearing. The man-child will choose the bride according to sanctification. When Jesus returns, by the way, the first one he comes to is the bride. He will appear in Zion, and the law will go forth from Zion. Okay? So he's coming, but there's a process. We were now waiting to board a plane. And Rion said, uh, Sanctification comes before blessing, which is, of course, one of our books, and we'll put a link here. We were uh, sitting on seats in an airport, and we had nothing with us. Well, this represents uh, being seated with Christ in heavenly places. We can't take any fleshly baggage with us. And then I woke up. You can't take it with you. Have you heard that? But you can send it on ahead. (laughs) Store up your treasures in heaven, right? Where moth and rust and thieves cannot break through and steal. I then opened up my Bible by faith at random on uh, Proverbs 31, 11 to 12. The heart of her husband trusteth in her and he shall have no lack of gain. She doeth him good and not evil all the days of her life. Amen. Okay. 
And this one also was given to Claire, and we're calling it uh, Overcoming Through Death to Self. I dreamed Rion and I were sitting on a couch in uh, Anna Stewart's living room. Well, sitting on the couch represents being in the continual Sabbath rest through faith in the promises of God. Uh, And this, of course, is commanded for believers in the New Testament. Anna means grace, and Stuart means steward, we believe. By grace, we become good stewards of the life of Christ that was given to us. And through his death on the cross, we are enabled to carry our own cross and die to our self-life. Amen. And, she said, David Eels was on the opposite end of this small gathering and uh, was teaching people about death to self. And Rion said here, uh, John 9 and 4, We must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Amen. So death to self comes from doing the works of Christ and because we're obeying the Word of God, right? We walked out of the house after the meeting was done, and I saw that we were in a small little town that had dusty roads. And as I walked there, uh, there was a shop to my right. And this little town looked so old, like a town in the old Wild West, And um, Rion said, representing our personal wildernesses, amen. The Wild West was known for lawlessness and rebellious outlaws and represents the world and its curses that uh, crucify the flesh. Yeah. I walked into the shop and realized that it was a sweatshop located in the hull of an old sloop ship. Everyone looked so unhappy, and the people there were in chains. They wanted to put me in chains too. Every day the women would get beaten and flogged and raped by the sailors or pirates on the ship. Well, the pirates represent the demons that people give themselves over to through sin, and they don't realize that they're sowing their own seed in you, or in the women in this case, who represent the sex of Christianity. Yes, when you give in to them, the, t- the thoughts become words, and so on and so forth. Well, then they're, they're g- gaining up a, a place in you, right? The men were frightfully thin and unhappy with long beards and dirty skin. Uh, Well, they are thin and unhappy because they are malnourished from lack of the word. That's how you get in the rest from your enemies, right? These people were really old, and they were so excited that I was something fresh. And I remember fearing a little for my life, but also just going through the motions and not flinching. And Rion said, uh, seems like there has been a lot of death to self in this sweatshop. 
but it was uh, through works, forced labor, and many curses, and there's no joy in this kind of works. It's a crucifixion. First, a woman with curly hair tried to befriend me, and she was intent on telling me only the bad report. Well, this is a good way to stay in the sweatshop. And Rion said, They have not learned to tame the tongue in order to conquer the curse. Again, another book. We'll put a link there. That's why they are still in bondage. The two older women came and told me how I could not last here because the beatings were too severe, representing unbelief and speaking the bad report. And I watched how they took people off into separate area, and I could hear the screams of torture. I never thought I could handle it. I just thought, I don't really want this, but I'm here now, and God will get me through it. Amen. If you're going through something like that, you God will get you through it. Keep on believing. And uh, Rion said, the perfect works are patience and joy in trials. James 1, 2-8 says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into manifold temptations. Can you do that? Knowing that the proving of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking in nothing. If you are patient in your faith, you will lack nothing. People lose their patience and they lose their faith. You know, they endure for a while and then they give it up, right? But you have to hold on. You have to hold on to your confession and uh, see what the Bible tells you to see. You are what God says you are, right? I saw the big man in charge uh, representing Satan. He was massive and wore a leather apron and worked with wooden crates and flesh. Behind the big man, I saw big pieces of meat hanging on hooks to dry. Yes, he is a professional with the flesh, right? And Rion said, meat hanging out to dry represents crucifixion of the flesh. Picking up on your cross and following Christ is what we are called to do. And the bride understands this. Yes, true. He was surprisingly kind to me, almost gentle, and he said, I can't touch you. Hmm. Rion said, he has no authority over us other than what has been given to him, and many times what we are giving to him, right? mostly through our own sins. He said, put your mask on because you don't want to breathe in the filth. I realized that I had a blue cloth face mask on my neck and lifted it up. Well, breath and spirit is the same word, and here we see it being filtered by blue cloth, representing the heavenly word, right? We filter everything through the word. The Bible says in Second Corinthians 10 and 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that's against the knowledge of God. 
So the knowledge of God causes us to cast down everything that's not the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Amen. There's the filter. And I said to him, Will you prepare me for what's to come? And he said, It seems like you are already prepared. Well, let me say that the devil does prepare people. He uh, tempts them, tests them, so on and so forth. And that trial is the one that we're supposed to be thanking God for and enduring in our faith, right? And patiently, right? There's no need for you to be here. Uh, Well, we will constantly be tested and tempted and tried, but if you resist the enemy, he must flee according to God's word. And thank you, Lord, for victory over every trial for our testimonies so that we are counted as overcomers. Amen. And Rian said, Satan is used as a vessel of dishonor to bring us to maturity by testing us with fleshly enticements as we overcome in the trials. And the bride has already been uh, through her tribulations. I take it from this, when the devil says, I don't need to go any further with you, that she has been prepared. And I believe that. So the big man bid me farewell, and I walked out of the shop. And Rian joined me. And I pointed out uh, the shop front where I just came from. It was all boarded up like it didn't exist. Well, amen. For those who are sanctified, it doesn't exist. And next to the sweatshop was a butcher's shop with the same meat in it hanging on the same hooks to dry. I pointed it out to Rion and said, You see, it's really here. We can see the fruit of our lives improve when the meat is hung out to dry. Yeah. She said, Then the scene changed and we were in a large room that looked like a church building. There were not pews, but chairs. The chairs were purple. I believe that represents uh, royalty, right? I saw David standing behind a small pulpit and thought, there must be more people now. And I saw many UBM faces. I saw Anna and Eve, especially, that I can remember, And uh, Rion said, After the crucifixion of the flesh and enduring in the many trials, the man-child will teach the chosen ones as they enter the wilderness. Yep. Amen. And then I woke up, she said. I flipped my Bible open uh, where the word Hosea was at the top of the page. Hosea means salvation. And I asked the Lord for a word by faith at random and received Isaiah 45 and 13. I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will make straight all his ways. He shall build my city. He shall let my exiles go free, not for price nor for reward, says the Lord of hosts. And we are there. You know, this was Cyrus, of course. And uh, also, by the way, this fits the man-child pretty good. 
and they they run parallel kind of uh, Cyrus in the world and in the worldly government and the man child in the in the spirit and in the church government right they run kind of parallel but they both have the same end you know as far as what they will do for the church okay so uh, then um we got this i want to share and it's talking about fighting against factious thoughts and accusations some receive thoughts and dreams and revelations that are critical of others. Um, it's, in many cases, an obvious organized attempt by faction spirits. Witches are working with the deep state and religious factions against Christians. It is being sent to God's people inside the U.S. and out of the country. Um... You know, sometimes the Lord warns us about people, but I want to say you you can't act on that judicially without two or three witnesses because sometimes the devil sends dreams and sometimes the faction sends dreams. And so you have to hold to the rules, right? The cure is don't receive an accusation against anyone without two or three witnesses, as the Word says. If you got something, uh, put it on the shelf, and uh, we'll wait and see, you know, if other people need it. It's sometimes necessary to give it to leadership and uh, let them decide if this is a, a factious dream or not, or whether it's just one that's a warning and other warnings are coming. So the leadership needs to put these on the shelf and wait for more confirmations, right? Because the devil is out there. He is the accuser. And the Lord obviously wants to point us towards uh, seeing Jesus in the mirror. And that doesn't promote condemnation. But seeing your old face in the mirror does, right? So instead... We should do warfare against demons of criticism, slander, faction, lies, witchcraft, unforgiveness, anger, hatred, and so on. And uh, bind the demons off of your electronics, your mechanical things, your house, your property, you know. Yeah, don't forget those things too because they like to mess with them. They don't understand that every curse that comes out of their mouth comes back on them. We've seen proofs of this. Yeah. As per our instructions from the Lord, um, send the angels to lock the dogs up until their lethal injection. In other words, bind their demons, right? Uh, one dream showed the angels throwing their own curses back on them. And we don't need to do this as uh, far as cursing other people, we don't do, need to do this. Uh, we bless and curse not, as the Bible says. But we know this is being done by God, and that when they send the curses, they're coming back upon them. And they are told, by the way, by their demons and their devil, uh, that it's us throwing those at them. But it's them. It's coming out of their mouth. In fact, I received this about uh, this evil recently. I asked, who is doing this and got by faith at random? Psalm 109, 17 through 21. 
Yea, he loved cursing, and it came unto him. Ah, there it is. And he delighted not in blessing, and it was far from him. So he didn't bless the people. He cursed them, and he got cursed. This is the faction. He clothed himself also with cursing as with his garment. That's your works. Remember, you can't have a brilliant garment if your works are evil. And it came into his inward parts like water, like oil into his bones. You can look at these people and watch degeneration working overtime on them. Let it be unto him as the raiment wherewith he covereth himself, which represents your works, right? In the righteous acts of the saints was their uh, glowing garments, right? And for the girdle wherewith he is girded continually. Yeah. This is the reward of mine adversaries. Notice he calls them adversaries because they are little devils. Adversary, of course, is the devil. And uh, from the Lord, and of them that speak evil against my soul. But deal thou with me, O Lord God, for thy name's sake, because thy loving kindness is good. Deliver thou me. And I said, uh, the angels said that if we would give praise to God as he asks, they would be bound. So I asked for a word by faith at random, and I got Psalm 47, 6 and 7. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. All right. So there it is. There's a lot of singing praises in there. And it is our defense against the enemy. It, it shatters the enemy's power uh, over you, kind of like it did with the Jehoshaphat when the three armies came against him. The praisers went out front, and they couldn't kill each other fast enough. But also pray for the elect among the factions to get their eyes opened and uh, return to the Lord. It is going to be a smaller part of them. The, the biggest part of them are reprobated forever. I have to tell you. Okay, we call this uh, Focus on My Goodness, Eve Brast. And she got this on 10-14-22, and it is good. Listen. David asked me to get a word from the Lord concerning the recent events that have been befalling certain brethren and the concern that the faction is sending witchcraft our way. And this is what he told me. Listen, if you go looking for trouble, you will find it. If you seek out the evil, I will bring it. If you get your eyes off of my goodness and the promises and onto the evil and onto the problems, then it becomes your problem. How much have we said? Get your eyes off of the snake bite and on the serpent on the pole. That's how you get healed you see that your curse was put upon him. So you see, you have a way to get the curses off of you, but those that speak them don't have a way to get it off of them because they're not in Christ. 
All right. Continuing. If you remember my goodness and sovereignty and thank and praise me for all things, you will have peace in mind and heart that I work all things for your good and the good of my elect. Amen. Do not give your attention to the evil. Do not waste energy seeking to understand the evil. This detracts from my glory that dwells within you and darkens your mind and your spirit man. You only need to believe that I am for you. You only need to have faith in my power. The only power the enemy has is granted by me because my people have opened the doors to access in their personal lives. So it's granted by them too, you see. It is granted by God because his people open the doors. It's granted by them, see. Each individual, because of excuses, secret sins, rebellion, spiritual slothfulness, and idolatry, is held individually accountable. This is not a reflection upon the body as a whole. Each individual is opening doors for let, to let these things happen, right? So, uh, the Lord says, each, each must seek me concerning any trial or judgment that has befallen them. If they seek me in all self-honesty, which means uh, honesty with yourself, right? And truth, I will reveal the reasons why to them. Yeah, amen. And if, if um, you ask and you search your conscience and you don't come up with anything, don't receive condemnation, right? It's to him that knoweth to do good that doeth it not. To him it is sin, right? And the Lord goes on, I will protect my body from any that stubbornly harden their hearts to my words and corrections and refuse further refining. Well, that's what happens when they go berserk. They reject the words of God, whether it's through uh, me or through someone else or just straight out of the Bible, or they're corrected by an angel, which, by the way, angels spoke 185 times in the Scriptures with men. So uh, they say, oh, no, angels don't talk to us anymore. They're kind of like the people who say it all passed away with the apostles. They're reprobates. That's why they say such things. There is no excuse for withholding praise and worship to me daily in all circumstances and to have a cheerful heart because I am your loving Father, no matter the situation, and my goodness doesn't waver or change. Amen. You must keep your eyes trained on me. Don't give the enemy a moment of your time or attention. Praise and worship me at all times and in every circumstance, for this is how the hedge is built. Yeah, Psalm 149, it's clear uh, that we give praise and thanks unto God for his promises. We're looking forward to the promises, not back at the failure even if there isn't a failure, because the enemy, the wicked, will accuse you of things that never existed. And usually the people that they use are the ones who are guilty of that sin. Yeah. 
He went on to say, If you give your mental and emotional energy to the darkness and to the evil, this is how the hedge is torn down. Witchcraft has no power except for what you give it and what you attribute to it. I have already conquered it all. If you believe my word, what you have faith for is what you what will rule in your hearts. Yes, when you rebuke uh, witchcraft that's coming at you, you can trust that your words have power. Jesus said, speak to the mountain and don't doubt in your heart, and it will come to pass, right? Every trial comes as a test to see if you will persevere in your faith. You will have faith in me and my word, or will you have faith in the works of the devil? Hmm. If you focus on the works of the devil, you give him your power, and he will continue to feed on the negativity, and you are cast down and defeated in the trial and thrown into confusion, losing your steadfastness and peace to doubt and double-mindedness. Yep. Walk by faith. If you believe, say you believe the Word of God, He said, All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, and you shall have them. If you believe you received, are you going to have peace? Yes. If you still think the enemy has power, are you going to have peace? No. So, the Lord goes on to say, Have faith in me, believe in me, and set your heart at liberty. Do not let the works of the devil move you away from your confidence in me and your faith that I have already won the battles for you. How many times have we said this, right? The Lord brought this text to my mind. She said, Isaiah eight twelve and 13. Say ye not a conspiracy concerning all whereof this people shall say a conspiracy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be in dread thereof. The Lord of hosts, him shall you sanctify. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. Yes, believe his words. Don't be double-minded. Don't have to worry and fear about what the devil, what bush he's going to jump out from behind next, right? So, put your eyes on the promise and bind the witchcraft in Jesus' name. Uh, don't fear them because you have the authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. So, use it, Right? Use your power. Jehoshaphat's army went out praising the Lord, and the enemies smote each other. The man-child prophesied destruction to Abimelech, you know, from the mountain, the one man-child that was left after the rest were killed, kind of like Herod killed all the contemporaries of Jesus, but he missed Jesus, right? Okay. So the man-child was the one that was prophesying the destruction to Abimelech and the men of Shechem, and they did the same. Yeah, they got scattered. They got conquered. They hate each other. So this is um, one given to Tiana Fire. We called it, The Bride is Chosen for Her Inner Beauty, February of 2022. Yep.
I was invited to this Christian event at a rich man's mansion in the wooded mountains. Well, I think the rich man represents Jesus, and the wooded mountains represents the different kingdoms or sects of Christianity. And we're all going through our trials in our own personal wilderness tribulations, right? The property was located on a massive acreage, and it had a waterfall and a river and lots of trees. It was very beautiful. Well, the waterfall and river, I believe, represent the living water and the rivers of life that flow from the kingdom of God and his throne. And where does this come from? Well, John 7 and 38 says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, from within him shall flow rivers of living water. And that's this spake he of the Spirit, that they that believed on him were to receive, right? Okay, so those words that we speak, we also reap what we sow. Concerning any situation that you are in, you need to speak the word and not the situation over and over and over, right? Song of Solomon 4 and 15 says, Thou art a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters, and a flowing streams from Lebanon. There you go. That's what we're all supposed to be, right? Ezekiel 47 and 1 says, And he brought me back unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house. That's the house of God. Waters flow out of the house of God. And we are the house of God. Okay? For the forefront of the house was towards the east, and the waters came down from under, from uh, the right side of the house and on the south uh, of the altar, in, in verse 5. Afterwards he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. Mm, that's those living waters that come from the throne of God in your heart, right? That's in Revelation, right? Verse 9. And it came to pass that every living creature which swarmeth in every place whither the rivers come shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. For these waters are come thither, and the waters of the sea shall be healed, and everything shall live whithersoever the river cometh. So there you go. Be that river of living waters. Let the word of God come out of your mouth, not the word of the devil, not the word of the accuser, too. Verse 11, But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given up to salt, because they aren't living waters. Yep, they, you can have a lot of knowledge of the word, but it not give life to anybody because you either misinterpret it, misuse it, or don't use it, right? You're stagnant. It has to be a river. It has to have a source, you know. 
in the book of Acts, by the way, they got refilled with the Holy Spirit because it was being used up. Uh, it was coming out of them in the form of healing, deliverance, spoken words of salvation, and so on and so forth. It, it's it's the way things work. It's a, It has to be a river. It has to be a source, and it has to go out. Verse 12, And by the river, upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow every tree for food, whose leaf shall not wither, neither shall the fruit thereof fail. It shall bring forth new fruit every month, because the waters thereof issue out of the sanctuary, or the holy place, right? And the fruit thereof shall be for food, and the leaf thereof for healing. Amen. Of course, the leaves take in the sun, too, photosynthesis, and they bring forth water and oxygen, right? And when I got there, I realized that there were many other Christians, both men and women, um, that the host, which we believe is Jesus, uh, who owned the land and house, had invited so Matthew 22 and 14 says, Many are called, and the Greek word here is kaleo, and it means invited. They're invited to partake of Christ, right? Some people sit in churches and they don't partake of Christ. They go out into the world and they next Sunday they'll go and partake of Christ. But they won't get much there, you know. So... But few are chosen. Many are the call, but few are the chosen, or electos. Electos. Jesus said in John 6.44, No man can come unto me except the Father that sent me draw him. So he was wanting to choose a wife out of all the women there. Amen? And as in the book of Esther, when the, the king of kings, Ahasuerus, wanted to choose another queen to replace the rebellious Vashti, who was full of Jezebel, <laughs> and he chose Esther out of all the other women because she pleased the king. That's Esther 1, 11 through 20. Yep, the father hates Jezebel. Well, the host and his male friends all went into the woods, and all the women stayed at the house. And all the women there were much prettier than, than I was. I had an imperfect body and skin and no makeup. So what the world considers beautiful is not beautiful to God. First Peter 3, 3 and 4 says this, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of braiding the hair and of wearing jewels of gold or of putting on apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in the incorruptible apparel of a meek and quiet spirit. That's one thing Jezebel does not do. <laughs> Which is in the sight of God of great price. Yes. I was the least attractive, whereas all the other women were outwardly, we, we put that in there, outwardly, thin and pretty. 
and all the Christian women were fellowshipping in the house, and they all got along except that they didn't like me. Uh-oh. Hmm. Well, it sounds kind of like um, Song of Solomon, you know, uh, how they kind of criticized the bride, you know. But later, when they found out she was the chosen, they wanted to know what she looked like, right? Yeah. I wasn't sure why, but they just didn't like my personality for whatever reason. I felt completely left out and rejected by them. Well, that's true. It's true of the bride today. Luke six twenty two and 23 says, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company. Well, who is he talking about here? He's talking about the so-called God's people. Hmm. And reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Yeah. Amen. Well, later all the women got called to where the men were out in the woods. Oh, no, don't go out there. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Um, As we were walking there, I said to all the women with all my heart, God loves you, and I strongly desire you all to be in God's kingdom and in his spirit and truth for all eternity. And I meant that, and I felt much love for them, even though they disliked me. Well, Matthew 5 and 44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, and pray for them that persecute you. As we were walking, uh, someone handed me a romantic love letter dedicated to me. And I read it, but I didn't believe it, because I was the least physically attractive one out of all the women, so I ignored it and uh, didn't think any more of it. Well, uh, we must overcome spirits of rejection that keep us separated from God and from others. Uh, the love letter represents the Word of God and all his, his pronouncements of His love towards us and His promises to us, but we have to believe His Word in order to receive all that He has for us. We enter into the rest by believing all of those precious promises that he sends us, right? And we enter more and more into the rest. And when I and all the other women got to where all the men were, we were told that we had to do sprint races. Hmm. All the women lined up for the race, and we ran. And I thought in my mind, that I can do this because when I was younger, I did much athletics and usually always won. Well, 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Know ye not that they that run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. And we know that this one is Christ in us, right? And us in Christ. 
So he's going to receive the prize. We have to abide in him to receive the prize. And the verse goes on, even so run that you may attain. We are running against time because we have a certain amount of time given to us. And if we waste that time, uh, we'll be taken out early. This happens to a lot of people. When running, one of the other women tripped me on purpose so that I wouldn't come in first. Hmm. Well, many so-called Christians like to trip others up out of a spirit of competition to try and make themselves look better than others in the eyes of men. And this is not love, and God won't accept them. Second Corinthians 6 and 3 says, Giving no occasion of stumbling in anything, that our ministration be not blamed. God is going, himself is going to accuse those who are stumbling blocks. He's coming to remove all the stumbling blocks. And there won't be any of those people in the bride. After the race, all the women were gathered together as the host, that is Jesus, was going to announce who he had chosen to be his wife. He announced that he had chosen me to be his wife. And, hey, you know, just jokingly, I call myself me, right? So there's hope for me. <laughs> I was shocked and couldn't understand why, because I was the least attractive of all the women, and I didn't come first in the race, because she got tripped by one of them wicked women, right? Well, we don't win the race by our own strength anyway. It's not our ability, it's Christ's power that uh, wins the race. And abiding in Him, we win the race because He already won the race. He always chooses Himself. Like I say so often, John 3 and 13 says, And no one hath ascended into heaven, but he that descended out of heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. Right? Jesus is the only one going to heaven. Christ in you. It's the Word manifested in you. The Word made flesh in His body. Right? I asked if He had made a mistake in saying my name because I had a young son, and He assured me that He had chosen me. Well, this young son probably represents our spiritual fruit of Christ in us. Right? Otherwise, why was it mentioned? Hmm? Okay, here's uh, Tiana Fire again, uh, November 2021, Revelation. We call it Chosen from the Foundation of the World. I had a vision that I was standing on an escalator in the sky that was constantly moving upwards towards a big bright light. Oh, praise the Lord. And this escalator in the sky represents ascending into heavenly places to be seated with Christ. Kind of like the stars are up there, you know, and the moon and the sun seated with Christ. Ephesians 2, 4, and 10, 4 through 10 says, But God, 
being rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. Keep your eyes on that. And raised us up with him and made us to sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works or your works, right, that no man should glory. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, So don't throw out the good works, which God afore prepared that we should walk in them. Hmm. So an escalator moves you without any effort of your own. They're going towards the light, right? 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, And he has said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that's our weakness, right? His power is made. We don't get our eyes on our ability or our strength. We get our eyes on his. We're looking in the mirror and seeing Jesus. He is powerful, right? Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. The blue sky and clouds were all around me, and I was up so high that all I could see below was darkness. Well, the darkness is uh, beneath, on the earth, where the earthly people dwell. Revelation 3 and 10 says, Because thou didst keep the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of trial, that hour which is to come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. 1 Corinthians 15, 45-49 So also it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Howbeit that is not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. So if you got your eyes on the earth instead of the light, um, you're, you're not going to make it. Keep your eyes on the light. The second man is of heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Because we see the face of Jesus and we look up towards the light and uh, we're going higher and higher as the revelation shares with us. The escalator couldn't be stopped and was constantly moving upwards and constantly getting closer to the bright light. 
I felt like there was nothing I could do. I couldn't turn around. I couldn't stop. And I wasn't going to jump off the sides of the escalator to fall down into the darkness. Hmm. So we are commanded not to look back, of course. Jesus said in Luke 9 and 62, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Yep, just keep on with the plow. The plow's breaking up your fallow ground so the seed can find uh, moisture uh, in the earth and bear fruit, right? Amen. This dream reminded me of how God has already prepared the way and everything is already set in motion and there is nothing our carnal man can do. He, of course, tries to get in the way, but that's our job to make sure he doesn't. I felt it was meaning that God won't let us go, but will draw us closer and closer to himself. And every moment that we are getting closer to him, and uh, he won't let us go. Since God showed me hell and a glimpse of eternity in God's wrath, I have struggled with the fear of God rejecting me and not letting me be with him. And I believe this vision is like the path for all of God's elect, that he will uh, continue to draw us closer each moment, and there's nothing that anyone can do to stop us getting closer to him. He has already prepared the way. John and Chapter 10, verse 27 through 30 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. Some people take that particular part of this text out. (laughs) And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Have you heard that from people who don't want to go forward? right. But the condition there was, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. Yeah. My Father who hath given them unto me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Amen. Okay, here's one of Claire's two in uh, 10.8.22, and we called it Man, Child, and Bride Wed. Good progression from the rest of these revelations. I dreamed I was at a big daytime event where seven sisters were getting married. Hmm. Rion said, representing the seven churches. Okay. What are they doing getting married? Well, we'll see. Okay. The Philadelphia Church is uh, one of the seven sisters, which is the bride. And Moses, as the man-child, married one of seven sisters, right? Um, I was not a guest or a servant at any of these weddings, but I was there with Rion watching it all. These weddings were very well attended and very opulent, and this group of seven sisters had gotten married in quick succession. Hmm. 
Uh, so Claire here represents the corporate bride body because her name means brilliant, as described in Revelation 19, 7 and 8. Let us rejoice and be exceedingly glad, and let us give the glory unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and the, his wife hath made herself ready. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Rion represents the man-child in this dream because his name means little king. Amen. So this group of seven sisters uh, got married. Let's see why, because this doesn't make sense. Obviously, the Philadelphia church is the one that gets the husband, right? Well, these sisters uh, stuck so closely to each other, even after being married, that it was difficult to see them as being married at all. Oh. It didn't take long after the first century church was established for sects and divisions uh, began forming uh, because destructive heresies crept in and separated them from Jesus their real heavenly husband. Yeah. These sisters were so preoccupied with photos and videos and food that it was hard to tell if these were real weddings or movies about weddings. And Rion said, the different denominations think that they are different, but they are closely related to each other because all are in apostasy. And not only that, they all come from the same mother, the mother of the harlots. If you say that the mother is the Catholic Church because she is a mother, where do the denominations come from? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and she is the mother of the harlots. That means they are the harlots. Okay. So people like to point that out. But one of the younger sisters was drunk, and it caused great shame for the older ones. Matthew twenty four forty eight through 51 says, But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord tarrieth, hmm, and shall begin to beat his fellow servants, and shall eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he expecteth not, and in an hour when he knoweth not, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Well, amen. A thought came to me in the dream that they need the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver them. And I spoke to them for the first time then and said, I know what that's like. The only way to get rid of it is through deliverance. I was not even heard by them. Well, <laughs> many of the denominations refuse the Holy Spirit infilling. They believe that you get the Holy Spirit when you are initially saved. And Rion made a good point. He said denominations are void of the power of the Holy Spirit and are thus deaf to deliverance. 
Yeah, it's the people who have the Holy Spirit that do the deliverances, right? Acts 1 and 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I noticed then that Bobby was there. Well, uh, a nickname for Robert, meaning bright fame, and representing the man-child, Jesus, bright fame. Bobby was the man from a previous dream that I had titled, quote, Only the bride is left standing. Three out of four will fall away, unquote. Yep, and that's true about this one, too. As we just pay attention, we'll see that. In this dream, Bobby was the one they all thought they were married to, but he was not married to them. Only one of the sisters really looked like she cared for him. Uh But she seemed very laissez-faire in her interactions with all the other people, and this put me and Bobby off. Well, laissez-faire means um, leave it alone and refers to the practice of allowing people or institutions to act or to behave however they want with little or no interference. And this is the belief and the practice of anarchists, for instance. And many of the mega churches have this opinion and they allow any and all lifestyles and sins in their congregation to bring in a larger group of tithers. So Bobby was much taller than I remember him to be in the previous dream. That's good, because this represents that the man-child reformer body has grown in size and maturity. Ephesians 4 and 13 says, Till we all attain unto the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a full-grown man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Hmm. Let me say the first fruits are, of course, approaching that goal now. Uh, the church is not. Okay. But that's going to change because knowledge is going to be given. True knowledge of the Scripture is going to be given to the people, and they will then have their armor. Praise the Lord. So at this point in the dream, Rion and Bobby merged into one person. That's the man-child. Two types of the man-child merged into one person. He took my hand as I sat watching all these festivities and said, Oh, how I love you. Oh, praise the Lord. The man-child, Jesus, loves the bride because she has sanctified herself from the world and the worldly churches and has sacrificed her life in obedience to the Word and the way. Amen. Song 4 and 9, Thou hast ravished my heart, my sister, my bride, Thou hast ravished my heart with one of thine eyes, with one chain of thy neck. So the bride has an eye that is single and a chain 
of authority around her neck that was given to her by faith in Jesus. The gold chain around the neck is a symbol of royalty and of authority. Daniel 5 and 29 says, Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with purple, and put a chain of gold about his neck, and made him proclamation and made proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Whoa. There it is. And of course Cyrus was coming in the door at that time. Hmm. We had a quick proposal and wedding in the middle of all the other festivities, but it was just to put a ring on my finger. And Rion said the true marriage feast in the midst of false marriage feasts of those proclaiming to be the bride. That's right. There was no pomp and ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. How do, You know, People don't tell from the natural who the bride is, as we just saw. They can only tell by looking at that humble spirit, humble to the word of the Lord. And uh, the Lord will choose a bride that is not a Jezebel. Jezebel is not humble to the Lord, and she is not humble to husbands and men anyway. The bride is a small and humble group of people that goes unnoticed by the majority of Christianity. And also, he kept me hidden from the seven sisters' mother. Ooh. And uh, they're a very large family the whole time. Yeah, that's the church who thinks they are the bride, right? Esther, who was a type of the bride of Christ, means hidden, hidden. Colossians 3 and 3, For you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when the bride is revealed, all the sisters will want to see her and to understand what the Lord considers beautiful. Psalm 6 and 13, Return, return, O Shulamite, which means perfected one, right? Return, return, that we may look upon thee, why would you look upon the Shulamite as upon the dance of Mahanam? Why did they want to look upon the Shulamite now? They thought she was a fanatic before. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is your beloved more than anybody else's beloved? Really? Hmm. So the mother here represents the mother harlot of all the daughters who are in the process of coming out from among them. They got to look at the bride, right? So, Revelation 17, 4 through 6 says, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stone and pearls, thinking all the time she, of course, was the bride, right? Having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations, even the unclean things of her fornication, Yes, she's taken on the world and called it the kingdom, right? And upon her forehead, a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of the harlots and of the abominations of the earth. 
And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, because she wouldn't speak the truth unto them. She was a Jezebel, and she wouldn't speak the truth. And, uh, of course, that causes uh, their blood to be on your hands. Right? And verse 15 says, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the harlot sitteth, are peoples, multitudes, tribes, and tongues. And nations and tongues. Amen. So, Revelation 18, 4 and 5, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come forth, my people, out of her, that you have no fellowship with her sins. Where's her? Where's God's people? Hmm, that's where everybody starts out, in the harlot. Have you ever noticed that? And if they want to grow and want more of Jesus and are reading the Bible on their own, they will outgrow that thing and go out to follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. Mm -hmm. So they have no fellowship with their sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached even unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. So, she said, he covered me with his body so that the mother would not see me at all. So she's hidden. Hmm. Rian said, the truth of Christ, which is his body, the bread of the word. Right? He said, the truth of Christ will keep us from the mother of the harlots. Only a handful of non-family members saw our many wedding after attending all these other weddings. Hmm. I had the plainest ring, the plainest dress, and I was wearing a bright red cloak-like garment over this white dress. Well, First Peter 3, 3 and 4 says, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the braiding of the hair and the wearing of jewels of gold and of putting on apparel, apparel, right? Not the fancy apparel. It doesn't make you any more beautiful to the Lord. And First Timothy 2, 9 and 10 says, in like manner that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Hmm. Modest apparel. And that's what the Lord likes, right? And in First Peter 1, 18 and 19, he said, Knowing that you were redeemed not with corruptible things, with silver or gold from your vain manner of life handed down from your fathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, even the blood of Christ. Amen. Well, Rion slash Rob, uh, Bobby uh, held my hand the whole time, and I wanted to kiss him, but 
was so afraid to become because I wasn't sure if that was allowed. But then he kissed my cheek and said, I love you. Then we sat down and waited for everyone to leave. And he put his head near mine so I could rest on his shoulder. Amen. Well, Christ gives us his mind so that we can rest in him. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Amen. I realized then that all the celebrations were over for the other weddings. People were filing out of this huge place faster than I could count them. There were thousands leaving. Well, do you suppose they discovered that their theology was wrong and that they weren't the bride? Hmm. They discovered that in Song of Solomon. They said, Return, return, O Shilamite, that we may look upon thee. They didn't want to have nothing to do with her before that. They got a revelation they weren't the bride. Ooh. So, Rion slash Bobby... And I started uh, clearing and cleaning up their empty plates and seating places. And just then, two little girls came and told me that they lost their clothing and needed help finding them. And we believe this probably represents the immature flower girls in the wedding party who have not yet put on Christ. The man-child and the bride will help to clothe the elect in the righteous acts of the saints, as in Revelation 19. Amen. Rion slash Bobby had a bright light that he shone into corners and under tables, and then I went to find the very small items. And all these clothing items were in pretty pink colors and brand new. So those who come to the man-child and bride will learn to clothe themselves with brotherly love, represented by the color pink, like the bride of the Philadelphia church, right? Amen. Then the best man came and said, it's time to go. Well, the best man, I believe, represents John the Baptist. Um, that ministry of repentance is going on out there. And John the Baptist said uh, this of Jesus and his disciples in John 3 and 29. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom that standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is made full. Amen. It was completely dark outside now, representing the beginning of the tribulation, when gross darkness covers the peoples. And Isaiah 60 and 2 says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon thee, talking about the bride, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, 
Praise be to God. And Bobby slash Rion then said, Come on, we're leaving. I said, Where to? And he said, To the airport for the honeymoon. I have planned it all. And I noticed he had a, a little carry bag with him, but it was uh, all for me. He had picked out uh, everything I would need to take with me. Well, obviously, she, they're not taking much, right? Uh, I was very excited. So they're going to the wedding feast of seven days, which is the seven-year tribulation, right? And they don't need to bring anything but what the Holy Spirit supplies, so, amen. Okay, and this was uh, Anretta Wakira, 4, 10, and 22. We called it Manchild and Bride Revealed with Prophetic Power. Wow. And uh, she said, I dreamed I was with a small group of people in a cave. It was quiet, and I was among the people standing facing the wall. Well, the wall represents sanctification, right? And watching and waiting, we were all wearing hooded robes. Well, the man, child, and bride are a small body of believers who are hidden in Christ, represented by the hooded robes. The cave represents death to self or being buried with Christ, right? And there was a group in the middle of the cave, crouched down, working on something. One of the men stood up and walked towards the exit of the cave. Well, exiting the cave represents a resurrection life. As we will see, this man is represented uh, representative of Jesus, the man-child, who is working with his corporate body of man-child reformers to bring the good news of the gospel back to the elect of God who will come out of apostate religion, uh, the cave. <laughs> I heard a voice clearly say in my head, You shall accompany him. And in Reta, uh, represents the bride who will accompany the man-child in ministry to God's elect in these last days. Uh, I turned completely to face him, and he stopped, turned and looked at me as if he had heard the voice at exactly the same time. You shall accompany him, right? It seemed as though everyone could hear the voice. He waited for me as I walked up to him. And Jesus said in John 10 and 27, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Amen. He was an elder, not just mature in age, but also seemed to have a quiet authority about him. He had what they had been working on, at the center of the cave. I asked if I could touch what he was holding, and he stopped putting it away and allowed me to touch it. 
It looked like something that should have been a scroll, but was folded in fours. A scroll? Mm-hmm. Well, in the Bible, <coughs> number four means creation. This number directly relates to the creative ability of God. The Word of God is what creates the man-child, and even our personal man-child, Christ in us. The Word does this, because the, the people of God should be the Word made flesh, as was Jesus. But the first fruits of those, of course, is the bride. They are the Word made flesh. That's why Jesus admires them so much, is they are like Him. It was attached to a leather binder and was made of a clear and transparent material, but as I touched it, the encrypted code on it started to glow in a light blue silver light. He quickly folded it and put it in a leather pouch that was under his robe. Well, the man-child reformers have been working on putting the Word of God down into their souls, represented by the lever pouch. And it's transparent because it is the pure truth of God's Word. It is encrypted because you must have wisdom of God's Holy Spirit to interpret and understand it. And this is the reason, of course, that God spoke in parables so that he could interpret for the disciples. And even today, he speaks in parables. We're looking at one right now. And it's made so that the, the wicked don't understand. Only the righteous will understand. So we walked out of the portion of the cave that we had been in a short distance, and he was listening intently and looking around. There were people all around us in the larger section of this cave, but they looked like dark shadows walking along the walls. Well, the larger section of the cave represents the world and the peoples of the world who have more freedom because they are not restricted to obeying the Word of God, which commands death to self. So the worldly church is the same way. We were still underground, and I understood that the robes weren't there just to keep us warm, but to camouflage us as well. So the man-child and bride are hidden by the Lord until they are revealed in God's timing. Romans 8 and 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the revealing of the sons of God. He stopped and said, I've seen him. He's on this side. He motioned to his right, deeper in the cave, and I knew he meant our enemy. Satan fashions himself as an angel of light, and he tries to convince us that his ways are right. I looked past his shoulder and saw a deep darkness behind him and asked him what we should do. He smiled and said, we go, we go in the opposite way and act natural. Sounds kind of like Eve's revelation, you know. He's not, he's not a big thing. Nothing to worry about. Colossians 3, 5 through 10. 
Put to death, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake comes the wrath of God upon the sons of disobedience, wherein you also once walked, when you lived in these things. But now you do also put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, railing, shameful speaking out of your mouth. Put them away, factious people. Put them away. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his doings. Stop lying. And have put on the new man that is being renewed unto knowledge after the image of him that created him. So he offered me his elbow, and I put my hand through it, and we kept walking through the caves till we walked out of the cave onto a very high place, a high land of some sort. And I stopped to look at the panoramic view. Well, as we die to self by carrying our cross, we climb Mount Zion, which is the new Jerusalem, the bride. Not the old Jerusalem, by the way. Revelation 21 and 2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, being made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Yes, the new Jerusalem, the bride, is being born from above. And many other people are not working at that. Then I heard a voice declare, and all across the land was heard the voice of the prophets. Huh. It wasn't announced out loud, but I knew many had heard it. Well, the man-child and bride will be the voice of the prophets in these last days. And Romans eight eighteen through 23 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to usward. For the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to vanity not of its own will, but by reason of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of the corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only so, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for our adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. O oh, glory be to God! How awesome is that? Yes, Lord, we know the bride uh, are sons of God, created after the image of the true Son of God. That is why He loves them so much. They are not children who are servants, according to Paul in Galatians. You know, they are sons, and they do the will of their father like the first son did, right? like the pattern son did. The pattern son is the one we look at in the mirror and see until we come into that same image, right? He is our pattern. So many people are copying preachers. Oh, gosh, what a mistake. It's good when preachers 
point us to Jesus. It's good when they uh, make disciples of Jesus and not themselves. But it, it most often works the opposite. Uh, they make disciples of themselves. And uh, so people dress like them, talk like them, you know, live like them, walk like them. They want to come into that image. And when they come out of Bible school, that's what they look like. <laughs> Yeah, the Pharisees made more Pharisees. That's all they can do. Well, thank you, Father, for your awesome truths today. Uh, simple truths, but awesome. We need to be reminded of these things. And I give thanks unto you, Lord, that you're showing these things to the babes. You don't reveal them to the wise and prudent, <clears throat> but you show them to the babes. And you took your disciples aside and uh, privately gave them the interpretation of the parables. And Lord, it's happening today. The parables are there. They can't understand them. And they don't want to in many cases, so they don't bother. And because they've already made up their mind what it's all supposed to look like, they went to Bible school, they got their initials, and so... They're going to go that way. They paid a lot of money for that, so they're going to hold fast to it, right? And they've spoken to others, so they have to uh, uh, a reputation to uphold. So therefore, they are more blind than the average person in the church. Uh, Father, get your word out to the people of God. In Jesus' name, we ask and we pray. Thank you so much, Father, for what you're doing. Grant us grace, Lord, to run after you with all of our hearts and to see Jesus in the mirror. Glory be to God. All right, saints, we'll do this again sometime. God bless you and keep you. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you Sacred heart in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea still believe, for your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you.
sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, O oh, Jesus.